Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I apologize, I missed a week. (laughs) Things have been a little crazy for me and I've had the content. I just did not produce uh, and publish an episode last week. So I apologize for that, but we have a lot of good stuff coming. I wanted to do a couple housekeeping items. So first and foremost, I'm going to put a link up to this in the in the show notes, but we just published and this is part of what I was working on while I uh, failed to put an episode out last week. I worked on a time management and delegation web course. Uh, you could purchase that for $29. But uh, I'm actually going to throw in a promo code that'll get you 10% off uh, the purchase. And the, what's great about this web course, not only will you learn about time management and how to delegate better, but you uh, will have this on demand and forever. So you purchase one time, you get this forever. Okay, so that's one thing I wanted to mention. The other thing is we do a, a survey for this podcast and I, I drew a couple names this time. I gave away a couple books and I wanted to congratulate Tammy, uh, who's actually in uh, my local area in the Portland area, and then Silver, who I believe is in like the Wisconsin area. But thank you both for listening. Thank you both for the feedback. Uh, of course, we welcome uh, survey responses and we welcome uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Uh, so please go do that. I read every single one of those reviews. Uh, personally. Uh, and if I have a chance to, I, de- I definitely respond to them as well. And I, of course, appreciate anybody who reaches out to me on LinkedIn. I always make it a point to respond. Um, I even love when some of you reach out to me on Instagram. My my account is unlocked, so it's not private. Um, and so you can get to know me there. You're welcome to direct message me there as well. I, I totally make myself available to all my listeners and uh, appreciate the connection. It's uh, We've got such a great community that we built on this podcast and I'm going to keep it going for you guys. Okay, so on to today's episode, I have a really, really fun guest. This one was special for me. His name is Travis Hansen. He has co-founded a couple companies, but more importantly from my perspective, he is actually a former NBA player. He was drafted in 2003, which was uh, infamously known as the draft where LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony were drafted and uh, several other big, big name players. Uh, so he was drafted in, in that uh, draft class, I think late in the first round, maybe early second round, uh, played professional basketball in the NBA for a year or two, I believe, then went overseas to, to the European League. And then after that, you know, for a lot of these professional athletes, they got to figure out well, like what's next. Well, for for Travis, he ended up co-founding a couple companies. And so this podcast is all about how he used his professional 
basketball playing days and the experience he had on you know championship level teams and other teams who maybe weren't as successful and just the variation of culture and leadership that they experience uh you know with all the teams and coaches he's played for and so when he created his companies you know he had a vision for what kind of culture he wanted and what kind of people he wanted to bring in and what kind of values they were going to share. So this podcast is all about that. It's it's a really it's a storytelling based podcast where you really get an insight into how Travis looked at business and and how he wanted to shape the future. And I think the you know the future for Travis is going to be bright. I think uh, he'll probably you know, struggle along the way and have some big wins along the way, but uh, he knows where he wants to end up. And that's what's fascinating to me and about company culture, because it's constantly evolving as you bring in new people, uh, new diverse ideas and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. I know I did. Please give me, give us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen and let us know what you thought about this episode. we got more good stuff coming to you. Enjoy the episode. Talk to you next week. Hey, Travis, so great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Yeah, so you have quite the background. I've read through all your history, uh, <laughs> but you got to share that with the listeners. What, what kind of background do you have? It's pretty interesting. No, I'm just an average guy. Average. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Utah, Utah boy, you know. But I, pre- I appreciate that. I hope, I hope, it's, uh, I hope I've uh, done something with my life and not played too many video games or gotten too much trouble. I uh, was lucky enough to to um, have a great mom and dad. Taught me a lot of different things. Uh, in eighth grade, my dad, I was playing baseball, football, and basketball, and he said, "You know, you could be good at all these sports. You could be great at one. And you're six foot five. You're skinny. Uh, one bad tackle, and you're probably going to end up in a stretcher. Mm-hmm. So why don't you play basketball?" And so I was convinced that I was kind of given that body for basketball. I started to train. I started to really focus kind of funny that you get whatever you focus on i let out any distractions didn't go to parties woke up at six in the morning and and walked to my church through the snow fall whatever whatever season and and typically was by myself it was really hard to find someone to practice with a rebound for you and took my boom box back in the day snap power was my go-to song and uh i played and played and practiced and 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 uh trained my body to do it the same way every time and got lucky enough to play in high school and then play at uh, Brigham Young University. Uh, won a lot of games. We were 44 and 1 at home while I was there. Got drafted in the NBA for the Atlanta Hawks. Played with Jason Terry, Sharif Abdurrahim, Theo Ratliff, Rashid Wallace, Stephen Jackson. Mm. Uh, Terry Stotts was our coach, who's now the coach of the Portland Trailblazers. And then yeah, I, that's when that's where I'm at is Portland. Portland's my team. Love Portland. <laughs> coach Stotts is just, just a great man, a great coach. And so I, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of mentors, a lot of good experiences, lucky enough that I didn't quit, lucky enough to uh, have a great dad who helped me get rid of distractions and really focus on something. And um, lucky enough that you know a lot of things have to line up in order for you to kind of, especially make the NBA, you can't get injured. Uh, politically, you got to get along with the coaches, mm-hmm. got to get along with the team, yeah. right place, right time. And then I was able to play for Real Madrid in Madrid, Spain. Luka Donicic was, who's uh, one of the best players in the NBA yeah. right now. 
He was yeah. six, 16 at the time on our club. Incredible. Uh, Ettore Messina, who's Popovich's first assistant, he was our head coach. And I played in Russia for five years before that, before Spain. And my head coach was David Blatt, who coached the Cavs. Uh, what LeBron may have a, had yeah. a role in firing him. <laughs> but, <laughs> you uh, think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just just fun times. Can't believe made the NBA. There's guys that are way better than me, way more athletic. But, you know, sometimes if you work hard enough, good things happen, great things happen, and sometimes incredible things happen. Well, I'm sure, like, in your playing days, even high school to college to, to the NBA and even overseas when you're playing Real or Madrid, like you've developed some really good habits and you probably learned something about what teamwork's all about and what culture's all about because these teams are probably, they have these different cultures within them, right? So you probably use that and translate it into the business world when you're done playing, right? What did you learn from that experience? <laughs> the championship teams are really, really difficult to build. There's a lot more art than science. Um, every substitution, you know, you may have five guys on the on the field or on the court and magic's happening. They're playing really well together and one sub or one change can really throw a wrench in that. And so you have to have the bench be able to um, fit right into. It's who you recruit. It's how you coach. It's, I mean, Jocko Willich has a great book called Extreme Ownership. He talks about there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. I'm a big believer in that, that leadership starts at the top and it trickles down. And it's really sadly hard to find incredible, morally ethical, uh, loving, great leaders. And I was lucky enough to probably play for 10 coaches and probably three wow. of them, three of them were like incredible, you know, five were great. And there was a couple that were just okay. And so championship teams, I think they're built um, but it all starts with the leader, and that's why it's that's why they're not there are very few of them because leadership is such a critical role. So you started a few businesses, and I'm curious, like from your playing days, you said you played for about ten coaches, three of them amazing, probably great role models. What have you taken from them that now you use as a CEO and business leader? That where you have people who you know report to you and you're responsible for at the end of the day. Man, it's it's hard to nail down uh, every little variable and attribute and characteristic that you you've learned throughout the years. Every single person's different that you've learned from, and but I, I think business is one of the most charitable things you can do if you do it the right way. Now we're still learning what the right way is, but it it means you you develop a culture where whether it's in sports or business, where people feel uh, needed, they feel wanted. Uh, they feel respected. They have autonomy. Um, they at least like who they work with. Um, and, and your families, you love them, right? You're supposed to love every one of your family members. But sometimes you don't like them. Sometimes a, a sun, Sunday dinner and someone starts talking about some conspiracy or Donald Trump, you're like, <laughs> oh, gosh, kill me now. What's going on? But at work, you, you like your employees. That's why you hired them. Yeah. You believed in them that they could match and give you the skills they needed. But sometimes you love them. Like sometimes they're so good and they work so hard and your, your visions are aligned and you want the same thing that, that you love these people and you want to do whatever you can to help them. And, and, uh, I think business, honestly, it could be the most charitable thing if you do it the right way. Let's go back in time a little bit. So you're done playing basketball what led you to the business world? Did you have a business idea? Did you have an opportunity to to jump into business? Like, what was it? Did you have an interest in it? 
I never knew what I, what I wanted to do. It, it, even basketball, right? I was kind of just kind of figuring out along the way. Uh, I was always jealous of the kids that, you know, turned 17 and uh, they automatically knew they wanted to be a dentist. And <laughs> you're like, dang, man. Um, <laughs> uh, but I never knew. And so I thought about a lot playing basketball. You travel a lot. You're on airplanes a lot. You're in hotels a lot. And you have time to think. And so I thought, man, what am I going to do when I'm done? Because in sports, uh, NFLs stands for not for long. You, you know that your career is going to be short. Uh, no one usually plays past 40, um, especially in the NBA. And so um, I had a chance meeting with a guy named Blake Roney. Blake Roney is a, an incredible friend. He's the CEO and founder of NewSkin. NewSkin is probably about $2 billion company hmm. here in Provo that – uh, has been super successful, especially in Asia. And so I had a chance meeting with him. Uh, he called me and said, Hey, I heard you'd started a foundation in Russia. We'd love to help. Hmm. Went to his office. Secretary said, Blake's waiting for you. Go in, walked into this, you know, 20th floor of this amazing building. And he's not there. I go out to act back out to the secretary and I say, Blake's not there. And she says, yes, he is. You have to find him. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> okay, okay, this is a billionaire, right? <laughs> And, and he's hiding, you know, <laughs> this is my type of guy. But I, I've never met him before, but I like him already. So I go in there looking around, Blake, Blake, you know, Balake. <laughs> and uh, he's hiding under his desk, laughing, pulls out his laptop. We start watching all these funny videos. And he's like, nice to meet mm. you. Lo loved playing basketball with you. And immediately, genuine, friendly, uh, you felt comfortable and you, you knew you could trust this guy. And so we started to talk and he said, Love to help your foundation. Um, here's how we're going to help. And what are you going to do with your life? And so not only did he help support me and, and, and my wife and our dream of helping people in Russia, but immediately he, you know, didn't put down his phone. He didn't have any distractions, looked me in the eye and said, I'm here for you. There's no one more important in this room. Uh, how can I help you? Which is probably the greatest thing anyone can do is, you know, for anybody is to mentor him. And he's had all these great life experiences and, and said, do, do you want to coach? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I said, well, I've been traveling, you know, for 10 years. Every other week I was gone for my family. I really want to be a good dad and be a good husband. I don't really want to be away. And he said, well, coaching uh, starts, especially in college, uh, when kids get out of class at three or four. And that's exactly when your kids get out of school. So probably, mm -hmm. you know, want to be there. And we started breaking down well, what this career meant to my lifestyle. And I was like, man, that's really interesting. And he said, he's the first one that ever told me, I think building a business could be the most charitable thing you can do if you do it the right way. Yeah. And that shocked yeah. me and it like took me in a whole nother world of, oh, I want to do that. And uh, <laughs> that was my first intro into what I wanted to do with my life. That's, I love that story. It sounds like you've had some really good people around you too, like that, that have really helped push you, nudge you, probably confirm what you're already thinking. Like how, was it just like by happenstance you're around some great people or, I mean, you sound like a great person, so you're probably attracting some of these people. Like what, how did it kind of all fall together for you? Yeah, mentors are hard to find, right? And, and you, yeah, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta search them out. And especially someone that's genuine that just really wants to help you, that doesn't want anything from you. But Blake has a great saying. He, he speaks to youth a lot with his civic and church callings. And he says to them, especially um, the young women, dream uh, and write down in a notepad what you want your life to be like. Uh, do you want a white picket fence? Do you want a 2,000 square foot house, 4,000 square foot house? Do you, do you want a lot of grass? Where do you want to live? And what, what's your husband like? Does he look 
your dad in the eyes when he first meets him? Is he mm-hmm. confident? Does he treat you well? Do you, do you go to church? Do you travel? What kind of career do you have? How many kids are you going to have? And it's, it's interesting how powerful the imagination is and how powerful visions are. And that if you'll write them down and, and, and tweak them and keep working on them, that you're actually planning your future. And, and I think that alone will attract the type of person that you want. Um, there's something amazing about goals that a goal not written down is only a wish. But as soon, as soon as you write it down, it's just so powerful mentally, physically, um, emotionally, you start focusing on that goal. And if you write it down, you put it on your bathroom door and put it on your bedroom door. And then if you start to set traps by telling people, hey, I'm going to do this. Uh, I wanted to start a new company. And we had done like a seven-month analysis on what the next company we, we would mm-hmm. start and why and what the margins were and what the how big the space was and what the team would look like if we did start it. And at some point, I just got stuck and I was in between two businesses. One was a SaaS company within, in recruiting and HR that loved championship teams. And the other one was a product company. It was a luggage. <laughs> and so we, we were like completely different. <laughs> and at some point, I thought, well, I want to learn tech. Uh, it's good for my kids. I, I will never be able to give them advice on sure. coding or software engineer if I don't learn it myself. So I want to start that company. So on the first floor of our building, there became a space available. I signed a one-year lease. I went in and put desks in, and we just forced ourselves to start that company. Wow. Wow. Uh, we, call, we called it X. And so at some point, I set a trap because I thought, well, I'm paying the money. <laughs> Crap. I don't, I'm frugal. I hate wasting money. Okay, we might as well start this company up. And, uh, and you know, you can, you can do the same thing. I think everyone needs five mentors. Uh, you can set traps for yourself by... Uh, telling people, I want five mentors. Do you know any, you know, who's the best mentors you could find? And eventually, um, if you focus on it, you'll, you'll find them and you'll get it. I love that story. And I love the fact that you, you talk about goals, you know, writing them down, taking action, uh, and also having a vision for what you want too. And as you've built these companies, I imagine that you probably have a vision for what the businesses would look like, what kind of people you want to hire. And I'm really curious about your values and how you've integrated those into the business itself. Um, and that probably informs the people you bring in, right? So tell me a little bit about that and how you've used that to build your, your companies. So I believe that uh, who you are in your life is who you should be in your business and, and how you, you're your life philosophies should be the same basically in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I love performance, right? I love competition. It's, it's, I, I love to compete, I love to play basketball, I love to surf, I, I love to play games. And so in business, we value high performers. We also love giving back. I think true happiness comes from helping others. And so we've added a huge humanitarian component within our business because of what it does to you. When we travel, we have 10 children centers around the world. We take one humanitarian trip every year. We take our top performing employees and we take, and we take them down to the Dominican Republic, Panama, Nicaragua. We build these children's mm-hmm. centers. They donate, the government donates a piece of land, typically an acre. Wow. We go down with the capital to, to build this children's center, which is based on the custom needs of the geographical location, which we're going to. And it just, it rocks everyone's world. They're like, oh my gosh, people live in cardboard huts and we're so spoiled in, in the United States. And they come home and they're like minimalists. Like they just want to give everything away. They feel bad for everything they have. But it's just, it's, it's so breathtaking for each one of us to understand how blessed we are to live in America, how blessed we are with opportunity, 
which is probably the number thing, number one thing we all have compared to someone that lives in a third world country is they're just as talented or thankful or gifted and they want to work hard, but they don't because of the governments or the economies, they don't have opportunity. So I would say if we surround ourselves with PLUs, we call them people like us, uh, they are three things. They are driven to succeed at any responsibility given. They are genuinely kind people and they are raw intellectual talents with common sense. We added the common sense because we found out later that raw intellectuals didn't have any sometimes. <laughs> um, and so the core values are who we are, PLUs, what we're like, there's three things. And then what you, what you just love, like, do you, do you love to give back? Do you love to perform? Yeah. Then do those in your business. And then, uh, you know, you'll track that type of person and uh, your business will be built around what you absolutely love. Those are great values. It sounds like you really put a lot of thought into those. How do you make sure that there's alignment? You know what I mean? Like in the hiring process, does it start there? Does it start with the people you already have? How do you make sure that people are living and breathing what you believe in and, and how you want to behave out in with clients, with the, with the community, all that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's harder. It's a lot harder to execute, but it's the same thing you know, you do in your personal life. You make sure that your first two, three, four, five friends, two, three, four, five employees are incredible, that they're PLUs because your friends and your employees, they are like DNA strands and they replicate. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and so if you have two <laughs> bad ones, eventually you're going to have 10 that are, yeah. you know, not what you want. Then you just have checks like quarterly, annually, to make sure those people are still PLUs because people change seasons of their life and to make sure that when they don't fit anymore, they might have fit at some point, that you get them out. And that's super hard and I'm super bad at it and I always wait too long and it's my gut fill and I've talked about that person for three or four or five, six times and I know they're not a good fit and it still takes me six months too too late to get rid of them because it's emotional and it's and it's hard on everybody to let someone go. But I, I really believe the, the best way you could do it is who you start with. People will hire people like them. Um, yeah. and, and then communication. Like you have to talk about PLUs and you have to talk about it all the time. If, if you've ever been to a church, they talk about the same thing every time. You go to church and yes, it's like, yeah. pray, read your scriptures, talk about Jesus, learn what he did. And you're like, what? can we start on something else? It's like, why don't you do that first? And then I'm sure you know we'll get something else. And so it's that repetition of the same thing every time. And you have to, as a leader, you're always thinking 10 steps ahead. You have to come back and repeat over and over again. This is what a PLU is. This is what we love. This is who we are. And eventually you do a pretty good job and, and people catch on and they hire people just like themselves. And, and they actually, they take your small vision that you thought was great and they make it so much better than you ever thought it'd be. Can you give me some examples of like where you might repeat yourself over and over again? Like, do you have team meetings? Is it one-on-ones? Like, wh how are you making sure that you're repeating that over and over again so it sticks? Yeah, I think it's the consistency. I think uh, one of the greatest things my wife has pushed in our family's church. Yeah. We're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We go to church every Sunday. Even if we're on vacation, we go to church. And so it just set a standard that every Sunday we sit down and read some scriptures and we talk about what Jesus did, right? And it, and it just helps us. It's this, this consistent pattern. In business, you can do the same, especially in your company. You can say, we're going to do all hands on deck and we're going to do it every the second uh, Wednesday of every month. 
and we're going to talk about you know three different things. We're going to talk about what PLU is. We're going to share a story. We're going to uh, recognize a high performer, and we're going to give back to somebody. We love to have a little fund so that we're not the only ones giving back. That we allow each one of our employees to go find someone in their circle of influence in their neighborhood or community or family member that needs help, and they have access to capital too. So we're not the only ones. It's not a pharaoh, you know, giving away money. It's is we're all doing this collectively and it makes everyone work harder so that we have more to give away. Probably the best example would be uh, your presence. You, you, you have to be there. You have to, as a leader, it's really hard to duplicate yourself. It's really hard to clone yourself. And so you have to, as a CEO, founder, C-level executive, you have to own the vision yourself and you have to talk about it. And so you have to talk about it probably monthly as those, those, those could be one-on-ones, all hands on deck. Uh, meetings or uh, via email, whatever one you decide, but probably a combination of all three. I just finished this book, uh, and maybe you've read it if you're a reader, uh, The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. And uh, you'll like this story, but there there's a story in there, and I think he did a case study with the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich. And they said during the, like, the recruiting process where they'd, they'd be identifying talent, whether it's their scouting team or through the draft or whatever it may be, they have basically an assessment where they obviously evaluate their talent, but they, more importantly, they have a checkbox that says spur or not a spur. And no matter what, if they're not a spur in terms of fit and values, no matter how talented they, they are, they, they will pass on that person. Do you, have you integrated anything like that during your recruiting hiring process where you just know in the hiring process, your gut tells you not a fit and you just pass on them no matter how good they are. Absolutely. It's been a hard lesson and one we haven't always done, but between, between Chelsea, who I've known since she was six years old, her dad was our head basketball trainer at BYU, Jason Pernu, our COO, we hire everybody. And so I, I think a critical point is I think one of the founders or one of the main uh, executives that you trust have to approve every single person that comes through and they and and you know whether it's a checkbox or not you talk about it enough you know what type of person yeah you want through that door and you just can't get lazy with it and you can't hand off that responsibility to anybody else when you are in the in the hiring process do you always make it a point to you know, had the last interview as you're bringing somebody on the team. I don't know how big your team is. I don't know if that's feasible, but do you make it a point to at least have one of your executive leaders in the room at some point in the process? Oh, always. Yep. At least last interview, they always have to approve a hire as they come through. And if if they mess up, because it's so hard, uh, read a resume, meet them, typically do two phone interviews, two face-to-face interviews. And by then you're supposed to know. And that's tough. Yeah, you know, let's let's date twice after two text phone conversations and let's get married. Um, and so you, met, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 there is a percentage of error. It's getting lower, but once you do identify that it's there, uh, you got to move quick. Do you have any special questions that you're asking in the interview process to to tease out that behavior that matches and aligns with your values? We we built software for this. So you did, Eddie, wow. Yeah, Eddie.com, eddy.com. We were using a ton of uh, ATS and HRIS softwares, and and they were just old technologies, and and no one has really done it the right way. It seems like, and so that's part of our SaaS uh, play is is we built interview guides uh, inside our product that allows uh, admin, C level executive, whoever it is, to pre customize their their templates and their questions, or we provide a library for you, and they're much more open into questions 
but you know some of them that we've used are what's the hardest thing you've ever done we're trying to establish that we want people who've done hard things uh, we're trying to establish what their projection uh, is if the hardest thing they've ever done was you know break up with their girlfriend last week and well what about before that you know uh, what, what company did you work for you're taking on a really hard project you're stayed up all night you ever had a loss of a, your mother or a sibling or you know what tell me the time you wanted to quit and so you're trying to establish what the projection is going forward of um, historically have they gone through some hard things or are they are they pretty new uh, at this thing called life <laughs> and so um, I think that's probably one of our greatest ones that we are trying to figure out um, will this person because there's a big difference between hard skills and soft skills so you're trying to identify do they have the hard skills marketing counting you know software engineer to meet the needs of the company the, the soft skills are a lot harder the negotiation communication desire vision like do they want to do this job okay they do have the skills but do they want to do it uh, is do they do they have the ability to do really hard things and problem solve uh, do they just you know want a list of responsibilities and a checkbox type job or can they think and push themselves and and really want to work here and that's a lot harder to identify your companies have won some best company to work for awards it sounds like what are you like what are you offering from a unique perks and benefits standpoint that you know besides the just having a great culture but what's keeping them engaged to the point where you're being voted best place to work you got to have good managers and you got to have good leaders uh, i think you got to have people that genuinely love your people i had a coach yeah here's here's two examples one coach came up to me and said i just tore my achilles tendon mm. i was in i was in russia at the time i came back in six months time i worked my tail off that's incredible never met him he walked in and he said uh five, travis Hansen? oh yeah uh you have <laughs> you have two kilos you're 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 probably got two extra kilos on your face your face is fat call back home and fire all your trainers and your doctors back home and I was like, what the freak? Like, I, hate, I, <laughs> I hate you, you know? Why would you ever say that to me? Uh, the year previous to that, I came from Spain to Russia. I was nervous to come to Russia. I was nervous to bring my family to Russia. And the guy walked in, Dusan Ivkovic, uh, Serbian general, great coach, old 70-year-old guy, just could beat team uh, USA team basketball. He, he just, incredible coach, won so many championships. He walks up to me and he gives me a kiss on both cheeks. He says, I've watched you play. I love, I can't believe I get to coach you. I'm so excited. Turn around. Wow. See, see that guy over there? See that center? Lazarus Papadopoulos, the Greek center. I think he's the greatest center outside the NBA. And look at this guy. You get to play with that guy and you get to play with that guy. I can't wait what team you guys are going to become and how you guys are going to gel and you're going to lead us. And I'm so thankful to coach you. And, you know, it's just two, two wow. different philosophies and two different ways that, you know, it's like a carrot or a stick. You know, and, yeah. and I would have ran through the wall for the guy that gave me two kisses. And so in our company, we try to treat everyone that walks through that door, whether we hire them or not, whether we partner with them or not, whether we give them money or not, like a million bucks, number one. Number two, uh, we feed them. I, I think food is a huge thing in our culture. We have on the third floor, full kitchen chef, and we made sure we hired one of the nicest human beings as our chef because as they come through, uh, she talks to them like their own mom. Are you gluten intolerable? Are, are, are you vegan? Are you going to be late today? I'll save you a plate. And so 
you know, out of our total, out of all our companies, we have 111 employees and they have shifts. And as they come through, they all think Mindy, we call it Mindy's Cafe, is their mom. And that alone has won us award. This that alone when people, and you look at the productivity, by 11 o'clock, people are like, crap, I'm hungry. 11.30, it's like, okay, now I'm really hungry. 12 o'clock, it's like, crap, where'd I gotta go? Anybody gonna go? Uh, there's, it's clicky, who's gonna go? It's kinda mm-hmm. awkward. It takes 30 minutes to get everyone's butt out of their desk and into the car. You go, you wait in line, you try to pound some food and get back. And this is uh, this, this mentality of knowing at 12 o'clock every day, it's gonna be an awesome meal. And it's not gonna be just, you know, fast food. I mean, Mindy is a home cooked meal from your mom. And I know it's gonna be ready on time and I know it's gonna be pretty dang good. And I'm gonna come through, I'm gonna eat and I'm gonna sit at one of the tables and hopefully I sit by someone new today because hmm. all the employees are there and I get to know so many different people. And within 30 minutes I've eaten, the conversation's been great and I can go back to my desk. And so we, we've done analysis that we think, you know, you spend an hour and a half, two hours uh, trying to figure out where to work and get home, get back, and you feel sick, and you just pounded a burger and a coke, and <laughs> trying to have, trying to yep. get motivated to go back to work. That we get so much more productivity because of Mindy's Cafe, and that ROI. We're still trying to determine what it actually, which I don't know if we'll ever do, but we think it's amazing. Number yeah, you probably never never figure it out, but I'm sure the happiness of your employees is enough for you at this point. Yeah, and I just I just base it off of me. I'm really happy every time I go there and email. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this so is the true. greatest. I mean, yesterday oh, we had, yes. we had a chat, chaturi plates. I mean, just unbelievable. Like, what are you, like, straight out of Spain. It was just, um, and then, and then she did, uh, homemade scone maple donuts at the end. Unreal. Uh, just awesome. So we have Mindy's Cafe, number one. Number two, uh, we have experiences. We take them on humanitarian trips and we take them to Lake Powell. We have a houseboat, three stories in Lake Powell with, paddle boards and wave runners and ski boats and we 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 put all the food there we everyone has to just get themselves there and we take care of everything teach them how to surf we like fireworks we go on hikes we play card games and it's just a time where your phone doesn't work down there they have to be disconnected they have to spend time with their teams and it's it's been an incredible time for people to bond and do something and sometimes it's the greatest vacation they've ever had um but besides those things i think uh you have to have great benefits you have a great communication um you have to have high salaries people could could care less about perks at most point they just want to get paid a lot of money um and we want to be known as one of the companies the best in the world that uh, pays their employees and uh, i think if you do that my, my dad was pretty successful business he started an insulation company uh contractors and on oh, new homes and he sold it uh, after my mom passed away when I was 17 of pancreatic cancer. And I said to him, we got, our whole family got really tight, especially after my mom passed away. And, and everyone loves their mom. It's just some heart-wrenching. And I said, how were you so success, successful business? He said, you know what? I don't, I don't think I was so good. I think, mm. I think most people are just so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> and I don't think our culture, honestly, is that great. Uh, Mindy is that great. And, and the kitchen is that great. Lake Powell's, it's great. For I, I love it. Uh, humanitarian ships are great. But everything else, I think, is just table stakes. And if you just do it with love and do it with kindness, is everyone else is so bad <laughs> that, that I think if you just try a little harder, you'll be just fine. Oh, that's such a great point, Travis. Well, I love what you're doing. What, what are you up to? What do you want to 
promote or point people to, to find out more about you. Like this, this audience is made up of HR people. So it sounds like you have uh, software you've built that could actually help this group of people that are probably listening. Absolutely. We love Eddie, Eddie, E-D-D-Y.com. Um, it's our baby. We, we want to build world-class software. We, we need the help. We launched literally 60 days ago. We put 30 companies on in 60 days. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to help people, uh, admins, HR, uh, CEOs, C-level execs, whoever's involved in the culture and the recruiting and, and the HR aspects of your company uh, to do it the right way. We, we want it to be world-class. We want it to be easy. We want it to be simple. We want to optimize all your recruiting, your onboarding, job posting, everything for your company. And it's just so critical. These businesses start in garages. They start as an idea and eventually they turn into a company. But in order to be an enduring company that lasts generations, that may have some dire times, but they, they always come back to being high performing institutions, you have to find the right people. And, and we think Eddie is the best at helping you find the right people for your organization. And any help we can get, please, man, go to the website. Sign up, use our product. We'd love to help you. Travis Hansen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed the discussion with you. This, uh, you you're doing some great work, so keep it up. You're kind. Thanks for having us on, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only. It should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.